Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. Hey everyone. In this episode, I'm going to talk about medical dental integration. It's kind of a hot topic and looked at right now as like a buzzword out there, but there's just so much more to medical dental integration. And it's so important. It's kind of one of my major, my major wants in my career. I want to see medical dental integration be run deep uh, before I retire. That's just one of my main goals. And the other thing that I talk about in this episode is value-based care and my struggle through my journey as a hygienist, as I left school, became a hygienist, and had to work in the fee-for-service model, even though my heart sang to value-based care. And I've been doing this for a long time, and I have to say I've been patient, and I feel like value-based care is where we're going. I know it's where we're going. And in this episode, I talk about why this is so important as a dental hygienist to really embrace the value-based care, see how that works, and march forward taking all that you learn in dental hygiene school and applying that to a value-based care model with medical dental integration. I talk about my journey and getting out into the field and realizing that it was a fee-for-service model and what some of my struggles were and, and all the stuff that I had learned in school and how that was, that was kind of suppressed. So, and, and what that did and, and how I came out the other end saying, no, this is really what we need to be doing. So it's just a personal journey, personal discussion, but this is a hot topic. And I implore you all to take everything that you learn in hygiene school, listen to what your faculty say, and know that this is where we're going in dentistry. And this is where we're going as a hygienist in our profession. And so this is something I really wanted you to know about. Are you looking for study sheets? I've created study sheets that cover the content of this episode. If you're interested or that's something that's going to help you on your learning journey, you can click the link listed right in the description of these show notes. Happy studying. Value-based care is designed to align the system of care, the person, the provider, and the community to achieve better health outcomes at a lower cost. This is a prevention-focused, minimally invasive, and risk-based model to ensure equitable distribution of resources. This is what value-based care is defined as. For as long as I can remember, the model followed when providing services in healthcare centered around fee-for-service. So what does fee-for-service look like? Patient comes in the office, we provide them with services, we charge them by assigning the service codes to these services which patients view as something you're actually doing, and we bill the patient. And fee-for-service is really hard to bill for education or bill for diagnosing. Uh, Patients don't actually see that you're doing something 
when you're doing that, even though you're using all your knowledge and skills to do an assessment, to provide a diagnosis, or to educate your patient, those don't really fall into the fee-for-service model very well. I learned in school when studying to become a dental hygienist that our primary focus is centered around disease prevention and education. Neither one of those two focuses fall into a fee-for-service model very well. Although I thrived in this model and could easily see the impact that I could make in changing the behaviors of patients in order to improve their oral health, while at the same time reducing their risk of disease simply by educating them, supporting them, and guiding them to changing their behaviors in order to improve their oral health outcomes. The interesting part about this though, when I got out into the world, the real world, was that there weren't any procedure codes for all of the things that I considered to be really important. During the assessment phase of the appointment, I call the information gathering phase, we discover so much about the beliefs of our patients, what they hold to be true about themselves, their abilities, and how they attach themselves to these beliefs. You'll hear things like, my mom lost her teeth at 30. And what does that really mean? Does that mean the patient believes that they're going to lose their teeth at 30 or that they're at a higher risk of losing their teeth? It's quite eye-opening to discover that with enough conversations, many patients are unaware of the connection of their oral health status, what they do at home for their routines, how often they access preventive services, the medications they have, the impact on their oral health, their diet choices, and their life choices, and how this all relates and is connected. I cannot stress enough how much I've discovered just by having conversations with patients about how little they understand about the connection of the chronic illnesses that they're trying to manage with medications and how their behaviors and how they're taking care of their mouth is a contributing factor. It's a risk factor to those chronic diseases. So let's talk about the ugly. When I first embarked out into the clinical field, I was faced with the conflict of what I learned in school and what was going on in the real world. Why was it so different? How could I navigate this reality in a way that still met the needs of the patients and had an impact on their health? I was charged with trying to improve their lives, but yet still fit into the model that I had to follow, which was basically fee-for-services what insurance covered. I was advised to and pushed into providing treatment based on coverage. And the outcomes were based really on timeframes and very little was focused on what we discovered during the assessment phase and education was brushed aside or done at the same time that I was doing another service, a fee-for-service type thing because of the constriction. <laughs> I quickly found myself navigating the hygiene department like I was putting band-aids on gushing wounds that I knew needed stitches only because that's what the insurance covered. 
They'd cover the Band-Aid, but they wouldn't cover the stitches. The front desk staff would let me know the procedures that were covered and if my patients wanted certain treatments. And this is before they were even in the office, in my chair, or had even had an assessment yet. I was questioning in my mind, how would I know what the needs of the patient are? I haven't even met them yet. And what qualifications did the front desk have to tell me what I was doing on that patient by putting in the procedure codes into the schedule? I was so conflicted. And I'm being totally honest here. This was the truth. Uh, Full disclosure, this was the late 90s. Not to date myself, but this is my journey. What I had always believed defined me as a good clinician no longer worked in private practice. It had quickly been redefined. I no longer felt the reward from helping patients discover how their behaviors impacted their oral health. All the information I knew about health beliefs, behavior changes, and guiding a patient down the path to prevention to lower their risk of disease suddenly had very little value and didn't have a lot of procedure codes attached to it. I knew this was wrong. How could I expect to be making a difference in the oral health status of my patients if I was living by the same repeat model of fee-for-service without helping my patients truly understand that they could be a partner in this effort to improve themselves, that they could make changes to have better outcomes, and that I was more than just a person cleaning their teeth. I was an educator. I was their dental mentor and a therapist that could help support them on their journey towards better health. This is where burnout comes from. This crossroads of discovering that all the reasons why you became a dental hygienist no longer work. In 2001, the U.S. Surgeon General Report came out just as I had this sinking realization that I could be experiencing burnout. All I had learned to be of value and importance in school just didn't fit in with what I was expected to do in private practice. But then when this report came out just in the nick of time, I was reignited. In this report, it was shared that the health of the mouth impacted systemic wellness and that several chronic diseases could be significantly impacted. And the research showed that the diseases in the mouth contributed to these chronic illnesses. This was all the stuff my faculty had taught me in school in the late 90s. We've known this to be true. But keep in mind, this report was in 2001. It helped me to remember the why behind why I became a dental hygienist. I did learn and continue to learn and discover all the connections in what we do. Why our assessment is a vital aspect of the appointment as well as why medical and dental integration is necessary, necessary. Now, my sister is a nurse and a huge advocate for medical dental integration. We have been talking about this for years. Now, I don't know if you have a sister or a brother, and we're probably a little bit passionate about what we do, but when her and I get together and we get on the topic of work, this is what we talk about. Together, we share all that we know about our chosen fields with one another. 
So as an example, I was surprised to find out just how many patients are treated for diabetes and cardiovascular disease in her practices. She was surprised to discover the impact that periodontal disease can have on patients with these diseases. They're not educating their patients on seeing the doctor, seeing the dentist, seeing the hygienist. When you know better, you do better, as Maya Angelou stated. My sister and I set out on a long journey, it's been a long time, to discover and uncover the connection and what we could do together to connect the medical and dental communities. And we're still at it. There's an essential partnership that needs to be developed for optimal patient care. Now, it didn't take long for my sister wearing her nurse hat to start sending me lots of articles and lots of articles, I mean lots of articles, on the connection. She now had a critical dental eye on all of the peer-reviewed journals that she was reading. How can we improve this model of care? My advice to her has always been communication. You've got to connect the right people together and help them discover for themselves the value in collaborating and necessary partnerships. This is what I learned in hygiene school. It's all about communicating and letting your patient know the value and what they can control and how they can discover and contribute to their own oral health. The same needs to happen in the medical and dental communities. The medical community, they're in it for helping their patients. So we know in the dental community that it's really just about building partnerships and helping them discover for themselves where we fit into their care with their patients. It's also important for us to reach out to the medical community to discover what they need us to do and how we can support them by sharing the information with our patients to them on what concerns we have. As dental hygienists, we are trained, we are designed And we are built to be the prevention specialists in our community. We're so prevention focused, which is the heartbeat of the model of value-based care. We're all in this together to help keep patients in our communities healthy. But as a hygienist, we know early screenings and diagnosis have better outcomes. They're more sustainable and we can achieve the health results that we're looking for. This is what we do. This is This is exactly what we do. So we need to get out there and shout it on the rooftops of what we do. I really believe that we are at a crossroads in time where we have healthcare providers in all specialties realizing that there's a connection impacting the outcomes and there's a need to add this information to the assessment with their patients. The dental hygienist is that person to bridge the gap between specialties to educate the population, to provide the prevention, and to change the behaviors of not just the patients, but the providers. We need to get out there. We need to connect with our nurses. We need to connect with our doctors. We need to let them know what we know. We're not just talking about the assessment piece. We want to let them know we do oral cancer screenings. We understand the connection between periodontal disease and the diabetes, the glycemic index. We need to let them know that, yeah, we take blood pressures. We talk to our patients about the risk. 
So my question to you is, how will you navigate it? What will you do? How will you bridge this gap between dental and medical? It's essential. We have to make this move. It's been a long time coming. And my hope is that I see it come to fruition during my career. Help me out, guys. Help me out, guys. This I'm shouting it from the rooftops. The medical providers, the medical community out there, they want to know. It's up to us to help them discover the connection. Let them know what we're doing and how can we help them? What can we do to help them meet the needs of their patients? This is how we're going to make progress moving forward. I would invite you to send me any questions that you need answered. Questions come up when you listen to this podcast. I have a link in the show notes, and I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. Also, I would appreciate a review if you have time to leave one. Thank you so much.